Chapter 24 Women who take malicious pleasure in making men suffer sometimes go too far in the art of torture. When those whose hearts they have kept on the rack lose sight of them, they are remembered only by the torments they invented, and when love goes, a kind of horror succeeds it. Henri Roquefort, Mademoiselle Bismarck, 1881 The next evening, our phone rings and Babette answers. She covers the receiver with a shaky hand. It is for you, a person whose name sounds like anachronism. Is that correct? I laugh. It must be Anakia, that girl from my class I told you about. Oh, I must apologize. Babette turns back to the phone. Did I misunderstand? Is it Anakia, not anachronism? I see. Of course. Beautiful name. West African? Ah, yes, lovely. You know Ross from school, then? Oh, well, he is quite a dear. No, I do not suspect homosexual, really. Well, nobody is perfect. Ah, thank you. Perhaps young Ross will invite you over sometime. Here, I give you him. She holds out the phone. I take it. Hey, Anakia? Ross, that was Babette, right? She sounds like a riot. I'd love meeting her. I'm sure we could work that out sometime. So, do you have plans tonight? Just homework. I want to see you. We can talk about my poetry. Sure. Do you want to meet up somewhere? Yes. How about the Red Sea? Do you know it? Reggae bar. Downtown, right? When you thinking? Oh, I get off work around 9.30. You should come by the club where I'm dancing and we'll go together. Okay. Where? The Porpoise. Up on Powell in Southeast, not so far from you. Is there a cover? I'm pretty broke. Not tonight. Shit! I'm up next on stage. Gotta go. See you soon. With a click, she is gone. Babette smirks at me, eyes a sparkle from eavesdropping. You will meet with her, then, the strip club dancer? I nod. She asked me to come by her work tonight. You'd like her. She's something like a character from the films you adore. Babette smiles. Be careful, then. If this woman resembles those females whose wiles I appreciate, use caution indeed, though tell me everything. But go have fun while you still can. My heart is glad you take advantage of your youth. I pat her hand. You'll be the first to hear any scandalous details. An hour later, I step off my bus in southeast Portland and cross the street toward a low building with purple neon signs. Light rain dimples puddles between cars in the half-full parking lot. Inside the entrance, a sallow, pockmarked man checks my ID. That's three bucks, guy. Damn, I didn't think there was a cover. I'm just meeting a friend who works here, Anakia. Oh, she probably doesn't go by that. But she said, The man rolls his eyes, then holds up three fingers. I pass over the bills. Dance music thumps, then lowers as a smooth voice DJ cuts in. Through the vestibule, about twenty men congregate, half-circled before a small stage on one side. Twinkling Christmas lights illuminate the DJ booth, where a curly-haired man cuts short his patter on the microphone. I glimpse pale skin and auburn hair as the last dancer scoots away behind a curtain. Cigarette smoke fills the room. The bartender nods as I approach and pulls a pint of beer. Turning away from the stage, I remove Balzac's Father Gorio from my satchel and settle down on a high bar stool. 
The music now rises again, and my peripheral vision catches a pale blonde figure with arms raised. She reaches back, unhooking the straps of a red bra, and I look down again at Babette's latest recommendation. There is just enough light to read, but suddenly a shadow blots out the pages. Go ahead and look if you want. That's what she's there for. I glance up. Oh, hey, Anakia. She stands beside me, her luscious body wrapped inside a clingy metallic dress. Instead of long braids, her hair is now processed straight, the short bob slicked down with a severe part. I go by Indus here, she retorts sharply. Keep my real name quiet, okay? Sure thing. I pause and chuckle. I suppose I would have guessed Kali instead. Oh, that's for weekends up at the Dancing Bear. It's a small town. I don't usually work the same club for long. Understood. Sorry, I'm going to be a bit delayed. My last set is after Waterloo. Why are you hiding back here being pretentious anyway? The action's up at the rack, you know. I frown. Well, finances are pretty tight right now. I had enough for a couple drinks with you downtown, but after one here plus the cover, I'll be lucky affording even one Pabst later. Anakia laughs. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll take care of you, but come over in a few minutes when I'm up. She gestures where the now topless blonde swings around a pole, legs splayed out as she twirls. Waterloo. That's a great stripper name, I muse. What an awesome theme, too. You could use Appomattox or Canet. Oh, God, the best would be Passchendaele. Fucking brutal, but hot as hell. Anakia skewers me with a tierce look. You are an odd one. She stalks away. I tip back a swallow of beer and continue reading. After one more song, Waterloo gathers her clothes, picks up bills scattered across the stage, and withdraws. The DJ switches into a more upbeat track, then fades it down. Gentlemen, haul out your wallets and hit the rack for Indus. Don't look cheap, fellas. Come on over. Beats pump up again, and Anakia enters the stage. She glances around, disapproval etched on her lovely face, then fixes me with a glare and leans near the DJ. He picks up his mic again. Guys, don't miss this next, honey. Indus needs your attention and your cash. Come on up, especially you, sir, at the bar with a book. The public library's downtown, but tonight you're with us at the Porpoise. hey The men hoot and whistle. I sigh, mark my place in Balzac with a damp cocktail napkin, and take a seat at the rack. Music rises while Anakia casually circles the pole. Her body sways, every motion resonating to my core. I am not alone. Yeah, baby, hollers one fellow. Wallets crack open and bills line the wooden rail as she now glides across the stage. I remove my last three dollars and slap each one down. Anakia pulls the shiny dress up over her head in one rapid blur and stands before me, suddenly still. Only a pair of black panties stretch around her curving hips. It's simple perfection. Slowly, she bends forward, leaning down until a soft cheek brushes against mine. Blood thunders through my ears. Long mascarid eyelashes flutter, almost grazing me. Next, she recoils into a new position on the hardwood, legs angled. I breathe again, and relax both fists, where my fingernails have almost broken skin. After a two-song set, Anakia rakes up dollars that pile around her high heels and exits amidst hearty catcalls and applause. I return to my spot at the bar and attempt reading. Every nerve still twitches with a salty mixture of adrenaline and lust. 
Fifteen minutes later, Anakia appears beside me. Her head is wrapped up in a multicolored silk scarf above a low-cut green dress. You ready? I ask. Yeah, but I gotta drop off my wardrobe first. She gestures at a large suitcase, then beckons the bartender. Hey, will you call us a cab? He nods and rapidly pockets the wad of bills she thrusts at him. I follow her outside. We stand together in the parking lot as chilly night breeze carries cigarette smoke from a nearby cluster of men. They cast resentful glares in my direction. Anakia unzips her luggage and removes a black fur-lined jacket. She stretches into it and sighs. God, this has been the most ridiculous week. My boyfriend and I split up a few days ago. For now, I'm staying in a motel. With all that drama, there's no way to write any poetry. She scans up and down the street, lips curled. Maybe that's just the inspiration you need. Sometimes I feel my best creative writing came after breakups. Anakia shrugs. I hope so. Oh, here's our taxi. From the backseat of a radio cab, Anakia provides directions to a dingy motel on inner southeast Burnside. Our driver turns into the parking lot and abruptly swerves around smashed bottles scattered on the pavement. Wait here a moment, Anakia tells him. We'll just drop my luggage off. It's the room on your right here. Okay, lady, the driver responds, eyes narrowed. I open the door and move to take Anakia's suitcase. She swats my hand away. No, I'm a strong Nigerian woman. We enter a small room, completely filled with clothes, the same explosion witnessed at her previous apartment. Cash is strewn everywhere, from soiled carpet to unmade bed. Anakia sets her luggage down and sifts through the sartorial debris for a different pair of shoes. She straps new heels over her delicately painted toenails and tosses the old aside. It's nearly midnight by the time we are dropped off downtown at the Red Sea. Inside, reggae music crackles from large speakers through rolling clouds of cigarette smoke. On a small corner stage, dreadlocked musicians dismantle equipment. Anakia scans the room and approaches a dapper middle-aged black man wearing thick-framed glasses sitting alone at the bar. Hello there, she purrs. Would you buy me and my gay friend a drink? I shake the fellow's hand. He scarcely notices, eyes fixated on Anakia's cleavage. With a flick of the wrist, he beckons a bartender and orders two cocktails. Across the room, I notice a pair of young, elegant white women observe this interaction. They wrinkle their noses and huddle with two well-dressed black men in a side booth. Fucking bitches over there, Anakia mutters as the drinks arrive. She takes a sip. I know they're already talking some shit. She pushes me toward the man with glasses. Here, you guys hang out. I gotta deal with this. I smile at the man, but he ignores me, polishing his shiny wristwatch with an exaggerated yawn. Dismissed, I look over where Anakia has invited herself into the occupied booth. She cackles loudly at some comment. The women laugh too, but through tense lips under icy stares. After several minutes, Anakia saunters back and hails the bartender. Two more, thanks. These'll be Andre's tab. She leans in close. Andre over there claims he's loaded, but won't give me numbers. Huh. Anyone can play Big Shot with a credit card. His friend's the real deal, wallet stacked with cash and everything. More of an asshole, though. But hurry up, you're still on your first. I shake my head and raise the glass. You are a real piece of work. Anakia frowns. Is it always so hard for you to have fun? Anyway, keep an eye out for me. I gotta keep moving. These white boys keep checking me out. She gestures toward a group of men in athletic clothing at another table. Thanks for setting me up and all, but I am not your bodyguard. I can't save you if you get into trouble here. Anakia smiles. Don't worry, everything will be fine.
The night flows on, and drinks appear before me as if poured from an invisible spout. Intermittently, Anakia flits by the bar to pass on new intelligence about some man's financial situation. I'm fairly inebriated by the time she appears after last call, arms clasped around a tall black fellow in a crisp suit. He studies me through half-closed eyelids. Ross, Anakia announces, her voice thick with alcohol. I am leaving with Malik here. Uh, Sam? Sam. No, Seth, in the corner, will drive you home. I glance at a balding white man who sits by himself, expression forlorn, then back at Anakia. Are you all good? She flashes a brilliant smile. I'm exquisite. Thanks for coming out. Talk to you soon. Good night. With a quick kiss on my cheek, she is gone. I feel a shoulder tap. Seth's glum face hovers behind me. You ready? He asks. Sure. We exit and walk down the block to where a yellow Mustang is parked at the curb. He opens the passenger door courteously. I recline into supple leather upholstery, and Seth starts the engine. It fires up with a frustrated roar. Just head across the Ross Island Bridge, take a ride on Milwaukee, and my place is down by B, near Reed College. Seth pulls out with a jerk as he works the clutch, but quickly breaks. The traffic light ahead is red. He sniffs. I can't believe that girl. Look, I'm sorry, because she's a friend, but what the hell? I tried to be nice, but all she cared about is how much money I make. What the hell? Yeah, that's tough, I comment. The Mustang has a seat warmer switch, and I flick it on. Seth isn't finished. I bought plenty of booze and somehow still end up driving her gay friend home. What am I doing wrong? No offense, guy, he offers. None taken. No, really, I don't mind you gay people. Whatever you do in your personal life is fine. I can see why that girl hangs out with you. As a straight man, I know I couldn't be around her without a 24-hour hard-on. <laughs> he half laughs and wags his head. Before long, the Mustang halts on Tolman Street. I thank Seth and wobble inside. A light shines from the kitchen. Babette sits at the table, McLean's magazine and a glass of mineral water before her. Ah, oh, my dear Ross, a late evening for you. I was just about to return upstairs. My sleep is so fitful these days. Are you all right? I nod, then clutch the counter for support. I'm fine, or will be as soon as my liver processes the 40 or so cocktails Anakia hooked me up with. Luckily, class tomorrow isn't until 10. It's been quite a night. My professor shivers. <laughs> Surely you exaggerate. I am cold, but so desirous to hear about your time with that intriguing young lady. Well... Okay, here goes. Wow, you should have seen her operate. With no omissions, I describe Anakia's manipulation of the men she encountered. Babette thrills with delight. I tell you, she enthuses, this creature sounds like the ultimate woman in every extreme. Cunning and deceptive, beautiful and cruel. Oh, be very careful with someone like this. I would love to meet her, but I'm almost afraid. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing these details. Oh, but I almost forgot. As you are aware, I adore train travel. Do you know the coast starlight? I shake my head. It is a luxury Amtrak route that runs down the west coast. I discovered some time ago that frequent flyer miles from my air travel could be exchanged for deluxe accommodations as far south as Santa Barbara. Naomi seemed a good companion at the time, so I made reservations for the 11th to 15th of December. 
Of course, she has now chosen a different path. So my question is, would you take her place during winter break? That sounds wonderful. Then it will be a joy. The most modern sleeping car and splendid meals provided. I greatly look forward. Well, on such an auspicious note, I must depart for bed. Good night.